You are listening to The Investor Way with Sam Ball and Jonathan McEwen. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and follow us on Twitter at TIWTweets. I'm Sam Ball with my co-host John McEwen. Thank you for listening to episode zero of The Investor Way. What we want to do in this episode is just talk a bit about ourselves and why we've created the podcast. But yeah, this is very much just an introduction episode, just to get a taste of it, really. Hi, my name's John. I'm a junior doctor working in Oxford, and I first became interested in investing back in 2013. Um, It started out largely as UK defensive companies with a value focus. And after reading and learning more about investing, uh, particularly uh, after reading Professor Malkiel's A Random Walk, I became more interested in investing in index funds, which is now where I put the largest allocation of my portfolio to. And it's global equity, but particular particular focus on the US. The other parts of my portfolio that I've relatively recently starting starting adding to is uh, commodities and really as a, a hedge against inflation. And that was after reading Andrew Craig, How to Own the World. And I'm doing that regularly now through uh, a free investing platform, um, trading two on two, and essentially dollar cost averaging um, the commodities index. What proportion of your portfolio do you think is in individual stocks now? I would say in terms of individual stocks, it's probably about... 50%. 50%. That, I'm um, surprised it's that high, actually. It's, a, it's about 50%. And that's probably just because what I had left. Um, and when I initially started investing, I put most of my cash in in one big lump. I hadn't really con- come across the concept of dollar cost averaging. And when I came across that, and that you could sort of I suppose, reduce the sort of volatility of that portfolio, I think of it as rather than reducing the risk, but reducing the volatility, Hmm. then it's taken a while to just build the rest of the cash into the portfolio and essentially into the index funds. So that's why it's taken a little bit longer. Um, But now it's probably about 50-50. But it is going going down, basically. It's going to, it's going down, it's going down. Okay. And it's, I've really been using, um, in the UK at least, uh, the Vanguard platform, because if you're buying the Vanguard index funds through the Vanguard um, platform, it's, there's no sort of, there's no charge um, that you'd get um, with the other online stockbrokers, but it does limit you to the Vanguard funds. Um, they're the cheapest there are, though aren't they usually they're, they're pr- pretty much I think the other ones that would come close BlackRock are pretty good but in the UK you don't have sort of a, a BlackRock platform so you'd be buying them through online stockbrokers and I suppose now we're, we're quite lucky in the UK at least because we're getting some of the uh, free or no fee platforms coming through so trading two on two is one of them free trade um and there i think there are a couple of others robin hood didn't end up coming but there are some pretty big players um which make the cost of investing remarkably cheap i'm sam ball i am a trainee accountant 
in the northeast of England. And I first became interested in investing when I was at university. So I started with my student loan in my third year of university and invested that. Um, I had a very, very good first year, um, which I'm yet to be actually. Um, all that, that's more because I didn't understand diversification and things like that. So I had a very concentrated portfolio and it just happened to work out well for me. Um, but I had a very good first year. And on the back of that, I did a TED talk in, it was actually a couple of years later, I think maybe in 2017, I did a TED talk on investing. Um, and then now in terms of my portfolio, I've got my pension set to go into index funds so I can just leave and forget that. And then my individual portfolios outside the pension, it's all in individual stocks um so i don't have any index funds outside the pension in terms of the individual stocks it's it's about a 50 50 split between growth stocks in the us and uk value stocks although the uk stocks i say they're more value just because that's the nature of the market in the uk it's not really something that's deliberate um and then i've probably got about 10 percent of my portfolio in bitcoin as well which is something i became interested in in about 2017, just just before the big run-up. Um, although, unfortunately, I didn't benefit from that as much as I could have done. So I bought a load of the other the altcoins in 2017, and I, I, pre- I got them just before the big run-up, and I pretty much rode them all the way up and then all the way back down. And as I learned more about it, I realized that the, the only one I actually believed in was Bitcoin. So now I, I just hold that. Mm. I was only going to ask you... Um about you've got it was quite interesting that you've got um a large allocation to us tech and then also fair as by the sounds of it a sizable allocation to uk and why particular in in particular do you have those those two uh markets it's more to do with availability right so so, Mm. i i do think that i I don't know where but i i think between 40 and 60 percent of of your portfolio should be based in your home currency. That's that's my just because oh, okay. just because uh, things like exchange risk. Really, I wouldn't ever be comfortable with the okay. You, I, I wouldn't rebalance. But in terms of the actual contributions and amounts invested, I wouldn't want over fifty percent to end up going to the US. Um, just because, like, okay. if, if we had a ba- if depending on the exchange rate, I mean, you could make ten or fifteen percent in a year, which is a very good return, yeah. and the exchange rate could wipe you out. I think if yeah. that's a hundred percent of your portfolio, that's not something I'd really be comfortable with. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's why, in terms of the US, it's just because I do like the high growth tech stocks, and I think there are some really, really mm. good businesses. But yeah, that, that's pretty much where they are. If you want to invest in those, you do have to go to the US. I'm not yeah. really aware of any other markets that are like that, or I poss- probably would look at them because I mean, even in yeah. the UK, we don't have much of a tech sector. No, we don't. And I saw that Arm uh, recently, NVIDIA over in California has bought, oh, is buy, I think in the process of buying it um, back from SoftBank. And that, I suppose that was one of the, the tech gems, but that was sort of um, taken over back in 2016. And what else would you say? You've got, I suppose, you've got Right Move, Auto Trader. I saw. Um, I've not. I've I, never looked at it, but I was looking the yeah. other day, and I saw that Train Lines actually listed. Oh, okay. Oh, yes, yes, of course. Train. I think. I don't I know anything about it, it though. No, no. Train Line. Have you not used it? 
I used oh no no I've used it but in terms yes, of when yeah. I was, so no, for, it's a comforting, for this yeah, podcast yeah. actually I was um I was just yeah. making it I was subscribing to updates on all the different FTSE companies so I went down okay. the full three fits FTSE 350 <laughs> list to find yeah, ideas yeah, yeah. and I was I was like, oh, yeah. train lines. I'd never, I've never looked at train line beyond that. So it's something I would look at, but I don't, I don't yeah. know how it, I don't know anything beyond that. So I will have to. No, look. no, no, that's right. There's um, just eat I, as well, but I, I, I find that less attractive since it's merged with the takeaway.com. And that's, is that a Dutch based company? It's Dutch. It's still listed in the UK, it looks like. Okay, yes. Then yeah, yeah, yeah. They've also announced the acquisition of, I can't remember which one it is. Is, is it Grubhub in the US? It could be. It could, my, yes, I think that's right. I think that's my right. My understanding of Grubhub was it lost a lot of money. It doesn't. It doesn't make money. Whereas, oh, really? and there's talks of like synergies and stuff. But Just Eat was actually profitable. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. decent size. And when it was listed on its own for about, I think it was yeah. about five billion market cap. I thought it yeah. was something I'd always had on the watch list. Yeah, yeah. I think and I suppose I, it'll have a lot of competition with Uber Eats and exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, particularly Uber Eats. Um, but we've got and we've got Deliveroo over here, which I don't think has a US presence at the moment. Um, yeah, so so I find that I'm not really interested in that anymore. I think I did own it for a small period. I think I bought it <laughs> and then pretty much immediately after that was when the merger was announced or the offer. Oh, I see. And it jumped okay, about twenty five percent. Literally the next week, so I just so sold you, it. You sold, you sold on the news. Well, I wasn't. I didn't particularly. If the offer did go through, I didn't want to hold the shares of the combined company. So I thought okay. there's no point waiting for it to go through. I may as well just get out now. Um, yeah, sure, sure, sure. But it's annoying because I would have liked to have carried on owning it on its own. Okay, yeah. So I mean, so I guess that was yeah one one UK tech stock if you can call it that that you, you did invest in yeah uh, but a lot of the businesses um, i look for in the u.s they're very capital light businesses okay so like i know it's latin american but mercado libre is a good example yeah um, yeah i'm trying to think what else that's like sort of, Etsy as that, well that, okay almost, Etsy, yeah so it's almost like creating a platform and you've got this capital light business and it just allows you to scale mm. so much more and i think yeah. when you get later down the line these companies can be insanely profitable but I mean, I'd, I'd say, if anything, the FTSE, it's very capital intensive. You are talking like oil and gas and pharmaceuticals and stuff like that. Yeah, no, no, that's right. That's right. And I suppose, and banking as well, of course, which yeah. hasn't been doing very well in the last, well, since, since coronavirus. And it was looking slightly more positive after the election of a majority government in the UK. But uh, yeah, we know what's happened with coronavirus and... <laughs> everything being knocked off since but have you seen lloyd's is down to like 25p a share now it's yes that's right that's right i mean what do you think of some of the U, the domestic uk banks as a it's hard because one thing, I, one thing i liked about it was going into this crisis i thought yeah. the banks they were well capitalized and they yeah. were they were be, they were actually being well run and then to deal with the crisis yeah. the government's essentially it's forced them to suspend their dividends and make a load of bad loans, a lot of which will be covered yes, by the government. But yeah. I definitely like them less as a result of the intervention. And they were primarily, like they were an income play, really. Yeah, yeah. people potentially uh, put their money in Lloyd's shares rather than in the Lloyd savings account. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I like them less now than I did yeah. in February, March. But I've, I've not, so I've yeah. got RBS personally and I've not, I've not sold it, but I certainly yeah. wouldn't be adding to it. 
No, no, no. I mean, do you think it's coming into the sort of territory of being a value, value buy or value play? I think it must be. Because I, when I saw something, it was a few <laughs> weeks ago now. But I think yeah, historically, yeah. UK banks, they've traded at about 80% of the book value. And at the minute, yeah, they're, they yeah, are, yeah, on yeah. average, they're, they're about 30% at the minute. So even by, even, yeah, value, so even yeah. though historically they are, they do trade under book. They don't normally trade yeah, this much yeah, in the yeah. book. <laughs> book. What do you think in terms of the outlook then? I mean, investors are obviously pricing in a, a very torrid time ahead. I don't know. I'd like to say I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'm not buying anymore. I'm just. You're not buying anymore. No. Yeah. I, I suppose. I suppose there's, there's there's Brexit on the horizon, but we don't yet know what that you know mm. what format's going to take, um, or just the UK more generally as sort of the coronavirus pandemic continues. Yeah. We've gone off on a bit of a tangent there. Um, but we were, we were going we to talk about why we'd created the podcast. So I'll just, I'll do that now. <laughs> what is basically in the middle of it. Yeah. So in terms of why we've created this podcast, um, I think we, we both listen to a lot of podcasts um, when we're driving yeah. and whatever else we're doing. And I particularly find that there's, there's a lot of good podcasts available but in the US, it's very easy to find the sort of podcasts that I like to listen to. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the UK, it's, it's something that I struggle with. Um, I don't think there's really... I'm not aware of any podcasts where they're talking weekly about UK stocks and shares. Um, I don't know if you're aware of any, but... There, yes. there, there are, I think there are a few. Um, and it varies in terms of some of the focus is probably more on personal finance yeah, than so investing the itself. One. That's yeah. I like that. That's very good. But it is generally a lot broader. So they might talk about what the markets are doing, but they don't really delve that much into yeah. individual companies. Yeah. So so perhaps there's sort of lots of personal finance and then some of the bigger macro ones, but nothing on sort of individual stocks and shares from a UK yeah. perspective. So we've got a couple of companies that we want to cover this week, and then we'll see if we've got anything else we want to discuss at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but the first company I wanted to talk about was Peloton. How so m- t- t- tell me a bit about that, Sam. So How much do you actually know about it? Because I can't... So I know very it. little. I know it's US tech and it's sort of in... Would you describe it as esports? Oh no! So do you know? Do you know the bikes? Have you seen the bikes that people are getting? Yeah, I've I've seen the bikes. I've seen the bikes. I think yeah. So you spend like three grand on a bike, and it's got an, it's basically got an iPad on it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as once you've spent your three grand on the bike, you might spend like twenty quid a month subscribing to fitness classes, where it's Via like you're almost bike. getting like zoomed in. Yeah, which so they okay. show up on the iPad on the bike. So the idea is you're like more motivated. And it's like you're allowed, okay. you're able to then exercise on your own at home, but you still get the communal benefit of being in like fitness classes with people. Okay. And when did they launch? When or when did they go public? They only went public a year ago. So it was it was actually September last year. So they went public at a market cap of about seven billion dollars. Oh, so it's pretty sizable. They're under twenty just under twenty-four billion now. Okay. So okay, so it's, it's yeah. <laughs> it's over three X. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, and was it sort of through the roof on the IPO? No. So no. it was. It's it IPO'd at about twenty four, twenty five dollars a share. Okay. It looks like okay. it went. It went up in a, by the end of the year. 
So within about five months, it advanced to about $36 a share. Okay, and then it's, okay. it's sort of hovered around the 30 range. In March, mm. it dropped back down to 20. And then mm-hmm. it's, it's just been like everything else since then, like US tech stock. It's just, it's just gone straight up <laughs> since then, basically. It's, it's taken off, has it? Yeah. yeah. So um, since um, then, um, it's, okay. so it's up about 4x from its March low. Okay. Or over wow. four okay. So, and, and what do you think? What do you think of the earnings? Do you think it's has it been justified? See, that's what I'm not sure on. So, okay. they, they had their earnings last week. Yeah. And in fairness to them, they did absolutely smash it. So, yeah. for Q4, total revenue grew 172 percent year on year to 607 million dollars for the quarter. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. For the full financial year, total revenue yeah. grew 100% to $1.8 billion. Now, okay. I just think if you take the $1.8 billion and you look at the $23 billion market cap, yeah. that's still quite expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not... So they've, they've also said that they're expecting three and a, about $3.5 billion total revenue for 2021. So if you put it on the 2021 sales, if you assumed it is going to hit three yeah. and a half billion, it's got a price to sales of just under seven. Um, okay, okay. Which is, it's, it's fairly reasonable, but you are assuming the 2021 sales. I was just going to say, and do you, how much do you think that lockdown impacted on? Do you think that sort of, there was a, a surge or do they, do the company attribute, attribute a surge in sort of uh, bike purchases down yeah, to that? Think, and is that I something that's likely to be done. replicated? Yeah, so growth growth has massively accelerated mm. because of this. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So there's a little graph in the earnings report they've got where you can you can see it's even the work. So the average monthly workouts per subscriber is just mm. under twenty five. Um, okay. In Q three it was seventeen, and mm. Q two, twelve point six. So Q two. The start of Q2 really is when we got coronavirus. So that's when people are ordering their bikes, isn't it? So from, yeah, yeah, so from people starting to order more bikes and coronavirus, it's basically the number of monthly workouts has doubled. For a longer term picture, uh, whether people are going to be returning to gyms. I, I mean, I haven't looked at any of the sort of gym groups or uh, companies that have been sort of reporting, um, but whether that's sort of now more of a, a longer term behavioral trend to work out for home, from home. And I suppose if you've put up that uh, investment and bought um, gear, including the Peloton bikes to work from home, maybe you'd continue that. I think so. Cause that's, I, I think people going back to gyms would impact mm. the new purchases. I don't think, okay. If you spent three grand on a bike, <laughs> you sort of committed to that. I yeah. That's, I certainly would be. Yeah. Which is, yeah. but then if you look like within six months, the average number of workouts people are doing on it has doubled and you would expect that to come back down. I, sure. I suppose the argument is as long as people are continuing to use it, they'll pay the monthly subscription. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But I imagine when you're using, doing 24 workouts a month instead of 12, you're more likely to carry on subscribing because you feel like you're getting so much more use from it. No, that's true. And are, are there any other competitors in the market? I, d- I think the small ones, but I think really, I'm not aware, but that doesn't yeah. mean there are. I mean, it's quite, it's, it's, it, to me, it sounds like quite a unique yeah. idea that you But then, yeah. if you look at it as a price to sales, the full year sales for 2020, they're expecting 1.8 billion. So that puts it at a price to sales of 13 
the problem is with the price for me with the price of sales being that expensive i think it needs to have it firstly it needs to continue the growth which in fairness yes. to them, it, growth is accelerating so i don't although you wouldn't expect it to carry on growing at current levels there's nothing to suggest it won't do the amount of growth that's priced mm. in so for me the issue is the margins so the, the gross margins and the operating okay. margins need to be good enough that when it does stop growing it's it is this massively mm. profitable business and i that's where i struggle with it so that's, yeah 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 so at the minute the q4 gross margin was 47 percent. that's quite low really i think when it's priced as a technology company but the reason for that is because they don't make as much money on the bikes because the idea is they're selling you this subscription. Okay. So the actual subscription gross margin is 64%. So if okay. you buy into this idea that they're going to sell all these bikes and everyone's going to carry on subscribing, that has 64% margins. So once you get to the point, once that makes up a larger proportion of revenue, that should start to pull through. Okay. Okay. So in terms of the stock itself, then, are you interested in buying any at the moment or is it something you'll watch and wait? It's a shame, I think, because it's one where when it first <laughs> came public, I did have a look at it and I discounted it straight away. Did you? I just, I just thought it was one where like, you why, did, is, yeah. why, why is someone going to sit at home on a bike with an iPad in that's cost three grand and subscribe like 20 quid a month? <laughs> like, I, I just yeah. didn't, I didn't yeah. really get it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you, you didn't buy into the, yeah. No, the and then we had the lockdown and I think Piers Morgan got one, which... <laughs> It's like you saw people on Twitter getting them, and like Piers Morgan got one, and he. Have any the, yeah, have any of the celebrities been sort of uh, buying the Peloton bikes? Or I've only Instagram seen Piers Morgan them? get one, but I've seen a few people okay. on Twitter have okay. got them, or they've said like their wives have got them, or whatever. Sure, um, sure, sure. And sure. once I saw that, it did it did sort of click a bit more. But by then, it's just been going straight. Like now, looking at it at a twenty-three billion market cap, I just I don't know. yeah. How yeah. much money is it later down the line? How much money is it going to make? Because yeah, 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 it needs to grow a lot. Uh, there's a guy yeah. on Twitter who's definitely worth following. He's a guy called Puru Saxena. So he's a retired money manager, basically. Um, okay. And he's based in Hong Kong, but he invests in very, very high growth stocks. And as soon as the growth numbers stop, start slowing, he just ditches them. Um, and is he someone who's what? Bought a Peloton bike or bought Peloton mm, stock? So he or... did a tweet talking about the earnings. Mm. And he, so he does, he generally only invests in high growth companies and he's, okay. he's very, very good to follow. Um, but he's talked about the earnings quarter and he's, so he's, he's given a little breakdown of it. And he said, very strong growth, 172% year over year. Hardware growth has increased by just under 200%. And the hardware revenue makes up 80% of total revenue. Subscription revenue has grown by just under 100%. Mm. Subscription revenue only makes up 20% of total revenue, which is unchanged. So he mm. said it's primarily a hardware business and he doesn't have a position in it. Okay. And I do, I suppose you'd need to wait and like, you'd need to let, give it a bit more time. But I do, yeah. the fact that subscription revenue isn't going up as a proportion of total revenue, mm. I'd be inclined to agree with that. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's it's one you'll continue to watch, be on the watch list, yeah, and uh, see how things go with it. Yeah, I, I do like it, but I, I, just, yes. I don't know. The time to buy it was six months ago, wasn't it? Really, I think. 
Well, yeah, I mean... Uh, <laughs> Will you be buying it? Um, probably not, but I mean, I'm much more now in, in sort of investing in index funds and, yeah. But you don't, you don't see yourself on a Peloton bike anytime soon, are you? Uh, <laughs> probably not. My gym, my gym membership, I have actually returned now. And it was more normal than I thought since, you know, since the sort of restrictions um, of coronavirus sort of came in. So actually, uh, the gym is open. You can go swimming, you can play tennis. So I'm actually back now. Uh, I was wondering, um, after sort of finding alternatives over lockdown, um, when the gyms were closed. But no, I'm, uh, I'm back going to the gym now. So uh, I don't think I'll be buying a Peloton bike. Okay. They are expensive as well. I'd, I'd imagine the amount, the number of people that will spend two or three grants. They have introduced is a lower model, of, actually. Really? Yeah. It, and it does, I mean, it's, it, how much of it is a phase, a fad? I don't know. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll be riding the Peloton bikes I in think, two years. I think if they could get a bike out to you for a few hundred quid and sell you the subscription for 20, 20 quid a month. Yeah. I think yeah, it makes yeah, a lot yeah. more sense. But when, like, even, the, yeah. So like they've, they've brought out a cheaper range of bikes now, but even the cheapest one, it's probably like, I don't know what, it's like $2,000, so maybe like 1,500 quid. Yes. It's still, yeah, yeah. still expensive. It's a, it's, a, it's a big one off purchase. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Not for me. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I do like it. I just, I just wouldn't yeah, buy it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting business though. Okay. Um, and did you have... You had another one for yes. this week, uh, Games Workshop. Games Workshop, yes. So, yeah. have you? So, and this is this is a company that you do like. Well, okay. yeah. So, do you do you follow Games Workshop much at all? Not particularly, but I know that it's sort of it's been performing very well in the last few years. Yeah. And, so the share price, yeah. even about three years ago, it was about fifteen pounds a share, and I, th- I think okay. I, th- I think I think it was even lower, like. Like yeah. it's, it's absolutely shot up in the last few years um but okay. now it's it's just over 100 pounds a share now um, it's over 100 oh, wow 100 okay. yeah yeah and and how, how has it got there so they're selling i know they're selling more online okay um, and then they've also like they did you ever have the metal ones yes yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, there's it's plastic all plastic metal. it's all yeah. plastic now um, <laughs> I think it's my understanding is really as a result of just being quite well run. So if you look at the financials in the last five years, revenues mm. increased by 128%, which is pretty good. Um, yeah. but operating profit has increased by 433%. Okay. Okay. So wow. it's more, it's, it's more of a margin thing, isn't it? So they're obviously getting the cost down and they've got better margins on it, on what they're selling. Yeah. Yeah. So they had their August results, which they published um, on September the 10th. Yeah, so for the three months for to 30 of August, sales of 90 million versus 78 mm-hmm. million in the prior in the period last year. Um, okay, okay. Operating profit is 45 million, so 50 percent compared yeah, to 28 yeah, yeah, million yeah, in the last year. So they've said this has been driven by healthy growth in our online and trade channels. However, yeah, because retail... of course the, Sorry, the retail sh- shops are probably they be, must have been closed for a significant well a couple of months yes. at least. So I don't know if that means that more people are going online who would have bought in store 
at high at lower margins and will possibly go back to buying in store afterwards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it just looks like a really, really well run business. I think the product's very sticky as well. Um, in terms mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. someone else could launch a rival, but like you're not you're not gonna switch really, are you, if you're already collecting Warhammer and your friends are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've got the books, they've got some online games or games sort as well, of ga- yeah. the, the, ga- the gaming side of it. But one yeah. thing I always liked about it, um, it was something my dad used to comment with because I used to collect mm. it when I was younger, so when I was like, yeah. like 11 or 12. And he always used to say he thought it was really clever that you'd go into the store, you'd spend like 300 quid on a box of air, which is what he called it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you could then go home and have to make the thing yourself. You've got to paint it yourself. And then once you've done all that, you can go back to the store where they've got all the boards and you can play it for free. And they'll just yeah. let you play it with your mates. But then you're surrounded buy all the other stuff yeah. they want you to buy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And really, I suppose really children, teenagers, and adults as well. But yeah, yeah. very, di- very difficult to resist. I mean, children can't afford it, can they really? <laughs> Not anymore. No, but yeah, so it, it, it just looks like a really, really well-run business. So re- revenue yeah. only grew um, 15% year on year. Yeah, so then the operating profit grew 60%. Where do you think it's going next? I don't know. So the market cap, mm. it's only three, three point three billion. Yeah, which is not huge. It's, but then, how big no, can it actually get? Because it is quite a niche product. Yeah, and is it in the US? I don't yeah. know. Or is it sort of? Yeah, because I yeah. Seventy percent of sales come from abroad, and they've got eighty-six stores in North America. Oh really? Okay, so, so yeah, so it's <laughs> international. In fact, that's that, that's from 2012, so they must have way more now. But yeah, it's still a niche product, so I don't know how. So Harvey's Lansdowne has it as having a PE ratio of 44, um, but that it's doesn't take in, it doesn't take into account the current earnings yet. So that's just based on um, okay, that, okay, that's based so on the full that, year yeah. results to May 2020. So it doesn't include the period to August. So if I think. So I worked it out, and if you include the period to all, I think it brings it down to about 38, which okay, is still okay. pretty expensive. Yeah. I don't know how seasonal it is, but if you thought it could do operating profit of 45 million every quarter, and I'd assume yeah. there is some seasonality, but you get an operating yeah. profit of 180. So then if you assume that the only difference between the operating profit and then the, um, the earnings is just the tax, I think you'd get a PE of about 22. Okay, okay. If so it was works. able to do that every single quarter. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's more yeah, reasonable. It's, it's expensive, mm. but it is, I, I think it's a quality business. Yeah. yeah. The problem is, yeah. It's, it's, it's estimated how, how much growth it can have. Um, yeah, yeah. And as well, like, if you look at it and you say, oh, well, like I said, revenue's only gone up by 128% in the last five years. Mm-hmm. But operating mm-hmm. profits up like yeah. four hundred. Like they've been cutting costs, but yes, yeah, yeah. How much more efficient can they get? Like, yeah, so it's really it's they 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 must be getting to the point where they need to grow yeah. it by increasing the revenue. And yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, how yeah. big can yeah. it get. Um, yeah. What's it yielding at the moment? Uh, not very much. But the dividend policy is that they distribute what they call yes. as truly surplus cash. Um, so they have truly. Truly, sir. Well, I don't know if they said truly. They might have just said surplus cash. The last okay. financial year to May twenty, the total dividends were one hundred and forty-five p a share. So you're looking at 
under two percent. Okay, and it's well a hundred pounds a share sure, now. Sure, sure, so, sure. So I guess you'd say, well, the surplus yeah, cash will gone up. That's right. But even if you say two pounds a share, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you're still looking yeah. at two like percent. Yeah. So I suppose two percent's all right. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it does seem pricey. That's my problem. Okay, so again, something that it's on the watch list. Yeah, the problem I've got with that is it's been on the watch list for quite a long time, but it keeps going up. <laughs> well, so, yeah, trying I, to time I, the market. Yeah, so I, I remember I looked at it when it was about fifteen hundred three years ago, and it had gone up quite a lot to get to there, and I just thought I'm not, <laughs> I'm not paying that. Um, I think it's up like seven or eight x since then. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a shame though, because it's it's, it's, it's genuinely it's, it's a business I'd really like to own. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I guess the argument is you should just buy the bullet and buy it. Yeah, well, it's. I mean, that problem is taken away because I'm, like I said earlier, in the index. Indexing. Is that all this is going to be every week? It's going to be me talking about shares and you just say, well, I'm just in the index. <laughs> we can cut this bit out. <laughs> no, we're keeping it in. I think that one week, every week you should buy one of the shares we talk about. <laughs> And see see which see if I can outperform. Exactly. If you had to buy one of Games Workshop or Peloton, which one? Oh, would you go I, for? I go Games Workshop for sure. I think I would as well. Yeah. Well, and what what do you think more broadly? I mean, just going back to the U.S. tech. So we'd had the sort of huge rally, especially Nasdaq, and then sort of Tuesday we saw it's well, not quite correction territory, but um, it's 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 pulled back a fair bit. It has, but then if you look at where it's pulled back to, it's maybe like only pulled back to where it was in August. Yeah. It's just yeah, one of yeah. things, isn't it? Like a stock can go up like 50 or 100% and then it pulls back 10% and everyone's like, oh. Tesla's the one that's got the most attention. Any thoughts on that? Um, they're not. I don't, a company? A, I don't have a particularly positive view of Tesla. Of Tesla? I like the cars. I think it's a fantastic product. Yeah, but it the, does the buy company enough. itself... And the stock. Yeah, I, I wouldn't touch it with a ten foot barge pole. Um, okay. I wouldn't. Sh- I wouldn't short it either, though. Um, <laughs> Quite a few people have got burned doing that. Yeah, I wouldn't short anything. In fairness, um, but okay, yeah. I, I, it's, to me, it's, like my my main issue with it is, I think even if you accept that, I think it's priced to have pretty much a hundred percent of the electric car market, and the electric car market is going to take over the world. That's that's the pricing I feel like when it's priced at like what is it like four hundred billion dollars? Yeah, um, something something along there. Yeah, and I, I think that's that's not that's not going to happen. But if you say okay, it is going to happen. It is going to sell as many cars as are priced in. Mm, I yeah. still think it's still priced like a technology company, and the margin okay. you've got building a car isn't cheap, so the margins aren't going to be great. Mm. competitors products are getting better i think four or five years yeah. ago, if you wanted an electric car and you wanted a nice high-end one you had to get a tesla whereas now like you could get yeah, a Jag, and I suppose you... the, the sort of yeah some of the european companies particularly the germans have started turning their attention more to the electric car market. yeah so they're making nice cars that just look like the normal ones like the bmws the electric ones they look the same yeah. the Audi yeah, ones, yeah. They look, and they've got they've now got a range that's a few hundred miles so you can actually drive it um yeah and, and arguably think, the engine, the general engineering sort of technology aside is potentially higher than the Teslas. And they've got a hundred plus years of car making experience. I don't, behind I don't them. know about that because Teslas are meant to be really, really well made. They're meant to be, they're meant to be the safest. <laughs> in fact, no, they, they are genuinely meant to be the safest cars on the road in terms of like passing all okay. the safety tests and stuff. Um, but I just think, yeah, in terms of like four or five years ago, if you wanted a, a high end electric, you had to get a Tesla. Whereas now 
you you, you certainly it'd be in the mix yeah. and you'd think about it, but it wouldn't yeah. be the only thing you were considering. Um, but I think no, that's, that's, that, that's that, true. That'll put pressure on the margins, I think. Yeah, and I think you've got at the other end of the market, you've got the Volkswagen, the ID coming through. So it's sort of they're equivalent to the Golf, so the sort of the mass mm-hmm. market uh, electric car. Um, and I think it was a ground up electric car as well, rather than sort of uh, a conventional car uh, with internal combustion converted uh, to electric. And then with Porsche have come out at the other end with the Taycan, I think, which yeah, is I've seen that. sort of, yeah, rivaling the Model S in terms of uh, performance. And again, it's got sort of the Porsche heritage behind it too. So yeah, I suppose have to see, have to see, but it's, certainly a very expensive stock to buy right now yeah yeah so like i say i I think it's priced to perfection and even if you think it's going to sell the amount of cars that they're talking about the margins i just think they have to come down yeah yeah Um, yeah yeah. and some of the institutions have been taking profits on it recently i think I'd, i'd be very surprised if in 10 years time it was worth more than it is now so in terms of the FTSE itself where's that yeah I think it would, we're hovering around 6,000, I think, at the moment. It's where it was in yeah. like 1998. Oh, you got it? it could yeah. be. Yeah. yeah, it was. I yeah, mean, it was at 6,000. Yeah, in, in 1998, it went up to a peak of 6,100. <laughs> pulled back in October of 98 to four, just under four, just under 5,000. And it reached a high in 99 okay. of 6,800. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right, that's right. But I mean, it's a different market to the states. It's like it's a bit like Japan, isn't it? Like a lost twenty years almost. Yeah, and Japan has performed well over the last decade. I think after the you know, after the S and P five hundred, I think it's been the second best performing index. We're worse than Japan, aren't we? We've had. I don't know where we are. We've had a lost (laughs) twenty. Well, we've we've lost (laughs) lost twenty two years. We're on so far. You've 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 had. I mean, it depends how you've invested, of course, and whether you've sort of selected some UK stocks. You do you do have some that have performed very well. Over you have that probably time. had a four percent dividend a year though. Y- yeah, exactly. So you've you've had that sort of return. And it depends whether you've been sort of in uh, sort of dollar cost or pound cost averaging with it as well. It doesn't matter what you've just... been doing. If it was at six thousand in ninety eight and it's six thousand now. Uh, well <laughs> yeah, no that, that's that's fair, 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 fair. Fair, fair point, fair point. Oh dear. Um, the FTSE 100, I should say, has been hit quite badly by Corona and then the oil price crash as well. So you've got your Just, super majors that still still haven't recovered and oil's, what, $40 a barrel or so? So Shell and BP dragging the index down. Um, and then the UK banking has uh, also been hit pretty badly. So... Um, and house building and sort of general outlook is very uncertain at the moment. Oh, well, that's cheery. I bought right. Okay, it's, it's... it's trading according to Harvey's lands down. It's at a PE ratio currently of about forty. Would you say it's uh, you know a UK? Would you describe it as a tech company? I think I would. Yeah, but it's worth mentioning that PE ratio is going to get absolutely hammered when the coronavirus results come out because it's it's going to end up at some insane multiple i think it might end up at like 100 or something because profits will be down okay um, okay so it okay. reduced it reduced fees for the agents suppose... so at first i think it offered okay. to like suspend the fees or like you know where it's like a holiday um or i think it said yeah, like you wouldn't okay. have to pay it but then it would still be payable you just like basically it did like you'd like pay it late 
So I think like they got a massive backlash to this. Um, so it was like thought to be quite insensitive. Okay. And they, they basically got a monopoly anyway. Um, so yeah, so then they just said yeah. they were, were going to get rid of Because you, you've got Zoopla, of course, but I don't know what sort of uh, market share Zoopla compared with Rightmove I think it's only like 20%, like not even that maybe. The Zoopla website's not as good as Rightmove as well. I, I think it's like, it's just a bit more Yeah, funky. Yeah, no, I, I must admit, uh, uh, we're selling a house at the moment and the Rightmove app is very slick. It's very easy to use. And how much do they typically charge the agents? I think, it's, I think it costs about a grand okay, a month okay. to list there. And that's like per branch. Okay. So if you're a big uh, national, so it's okay. just absolutely huge. Um, it is the place that you think you must go to. You know, it's the portal that everybody uses. Yeah, I think you've got to be on there, really. Um, historically, yep, it's probably yep. been at a PE ratio of between 30 and 40, um, which okay. in the UK is quite expensive. Um, in the US, it's probably quite yeah. cheap. Um, but I've yeah. always I've always looked at that and I thought if I'm paying 30 or 40 times earnings, then I want a good amount of growth. And I've always felt like the growth hasn't yeah. really and, been there. So And where is that growth coming from? I mean, they've they've got, what, 80% of the market, did you think? Yeah, so I, I guess they can increase the fees, can't they? Um, and okay, I, I yeah. suppose the yeah, fees, that's right. I don't know if the fees proportionately increase with the level of like sales maybe as well um sure and there's probably there probably are still like agents that aren't there but yeah they they basically it's it's probably like quite mature now so it's not it's not really growing very much um so between the year end 2019 and year end 2015 uh revenue grew from 192 million to 289 million so about a 50 percent increase in that same period the operating profit grew from 137 million to 213 million so it's about 50. So it's, it's, it's probably, it's probably moved in line. Um, but then sure. if you look at the actual margins, the operating margin, it's, it's over like 70%. It's just absolutely yeah, it's ridiculous. Massive, yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous. So <laughs> when I actually looked into it the other week, I was, yeah. I didn't expect the margins to be so high. So I compared it to yeah. auto trader, which is, I think probably the most similar business listed yeah. in the UK. Yeah. 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 Auto traders operating margins are only like 55%. Oh wow! So it is significantly higher, and that, I mean, yeah. auto trade is already pretty pretty big. Yeah. So I just took the view that it's worth paying up for. Um, <laughs> so I, I just bit the bullet and bought it. So it's got it does yeah. have a dividend as well, but the dividend yeah. in yeah. So the dividend on a normal year looks like they've suspended the dividend at the minute, but you're looking at about yeah six p a share. So it's it's about a one percent yield. I think with the amount of money they're making, they could increase that substantially. I mean, and is, again, is, is it just is it just uh, have UK exposure, or are there any plans in the company to expand either to Europe or the states? So in the states, they've got they do have their own equivalent. So there's one company yeah, called yeah. Like Redfin. I think they're primarily UK. Um, yeah, yeah. We can have a look at their annual report and see if that lists. Yeah. It. What do you reckon the word would be? Search Control F International, maybe. <laughs> Always <laughs> a good start. Okay. So these are the full year results to December 20. So the word doesn't appear, international. What about overseas? Doesn't appear. I'll try and mark it. <laughs> market appears 21 times. <laughs> but let's just talk about the housing market. They're only talking about the UK market. I think they're just UK. Yeah, yeah. No, like that's, all, that's literally all they're talking about in the annual report. So yeah, so they're not, it doesn't look like they have any international presence. 
I mean, that's probably not a terrible thing because you'd, you'd imagine by now, like most of them, like certainly in Europe, you'd expect most of them to have their own equivalents. And no, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So they, they probably are limited to the UK. So yeah, I think, I think really it's just going to make money in the future by an increase in like the amount of properties being turned over and sold each year or just by rinsing the estate agents for more fees. Yeah. But yeah. I think really like whatever they charge, the estate agents just have to pay it really. Yeah. It's got a good balance sheet as well. It doesn't really have much debt at all. Yeah, it's, it's just a quality company. Books. Anything you're reading at the moment, Sam? I have just started volume two of The House of Rothschild. Is that uh, another Neil Ferguson? It is, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so that was, he, he did it in two volumes because there was just too much to do in one. Yeah. Hour. So, yeah, no, no. He's got some yeah. good history of finance books out. Yeah. So, it's, it was more one. It tied in quite nicely. So, like, over the summer, I'd had a little project where I'd been reading about the, um, you know, the, bar- the robber barons in America. So, the industrial age entrepreneurs. So, like, Carnegie. Yeah. Yeah. Fella. So I've read books on, I think I did all of them except JP Morgan, who I do intend okay. to do. I'm just saving it because it's the last one, actually. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, one, one that tied in quite nicely was uh, the Rothschild family. Um, so I've okay. got books on that. And that is really, really interesting. So it's set in like the 1800s, which is when they were in that, the most dominant period. Um, okay. And they, they were just awesome. Like they, they were 10 times the size of their nearest rival, yeah, it doesn't really relate to investing that well. What about okay. you? What are you reading at the minute? Um, at the moment, I've got, a, I have come across Rob Dix. No. No, so he's a property investor, UK-based, and it's his sort of introduction to buy-to-let property investing. Uh, okay. In, enjoying it so far. I'm not sure when it was published, actually, but it's sort of, it's talking a lot about different models you can get in terms of buy-to-let and sort of different approaches suiting different people uh, and how you might use leverage to maximise your returns. Uh, so pr- probably one to be cautious with. Would you get a buy-to-let? Um, at the moment, I think it, well, from what I've read about property investing, something that I, I haven't done at all uh, before, very difficult to make, you know, profits. And you've got sort of, I think the, the tax regime has become much more strict um, and, yeah, not favouring the landlords quite as much as it perhaps, or being quite as generous as it used to be. Um, so it's not something that I'm sort of looking to do in the near term, but certainly something I'd like to learn about more. So when I do, if I do make the plunge, uh, I'd be better informed on it. I think that's, I think that's everything, isn't it? Okay. Unless there's anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I think that, I think, think, think we've covered a fair bit for the first podcast. Yeah. See you next week, folks. See you next week. Thank you for listening to The Investor Way. To get in touch, please follow us on Twitter at TIWTweets. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not constitute financial advice. Neither Sam nor Jonathan are financial advisors. For investment advice, please consult professional advisors.